Hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast where I talk to other podcasters about podcasting. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash smym or on Twitter at smym underscore fm. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and I've got Nathan Pierce, who's the host of microbrewer.com, a podcast and resource site for people interested in starting their own microbrewery business. We had a great chat about getting started in podcasting, making some mistakes, lessons learned along the way, as well as tips that Nathan's picked up from being a part of Podcasters Paradise. My thanks to Campaign Monitor and A Small Orange for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. More about them a little later on in the show. Thanks to iTunes for featuring Show Me Your Mic this week, and who knows how long. Welcome any visitors who are coming from that. For now, here's my conversation with Nathan. So welcome to Show Me Your Mic, Nathan, and uh, it's good to have you on the show. Uh, before we get into the the discussion, um, you had mentioned before we started recording that um, you sort of found the show uh, through the new and noteworthy feature on iTunes, which is uh, one of those things with iTunes where it's kind of a surprise. It just kind of happens. And uh, I think thus far it seems to be just in the U.S. that Show Me Your Mic is featured in the little new and noteworthy section. Or obviously not new, 68 episodes in, it's not a new show, but it's maybe, I guess, noteworthy for whatever reason. Um, it was also added to the um, iTunes has a how to podcast section. And so if you're listening and found us via that, welcome to the show as well. Um, but uh, so, yeah, great, great to ha- have those kind of things happen. You can't really plan for it because Apple doesn't exactly let you know. So uh, but it's a nice little surprise to wake up and get a messages from people saying, hey, you're in new noteworthy or whatever. So um, anyways, on with the show. Welcome to the show, Nathan, like I said. Um, Thank you. It's great to have you here. It's, uh, well, it's 10.30 in the morning where I am. We're, what time is it in your, your world? I'm in California, Pacific time, 8.30 a.m. Oh, yeah. So it's a little early. For, I was going to say it's a little early for, for a, a beer probably. <laughs> yeah, totally. But uh, yeah, tell me, you're hosting, you host the, the podcast and website, I guess, Microbrewer, uh, which you can find at uh, microbrewer.com, so in sort of the web 2.0 style of, of dropping a vowel or two here and there. Um, but tell me about tell me about the podcast first of all, and then we'll get into the rest of it. Microbrewer podcast. It's a weekly podcast, and it's all about how to start a brewery. So sort of the main thing is interviewing brewers and brewery owners. And because it's starting a brewery, I'm, I'm interviewing other people too. Just anything. I'm trying to think of anything. Basically, I'm coming at it from the standpoint, I'm planning to start a brewery. What do I need to know? So I'm definitely starting to interview more and more people outside of strictly breweries. Right. So like folks, business, just like others, all the other aspects of setting up a business kind of idea? You know, uh, pretty right. soon in a couple of months, I'm going to have a series of of episodes that are about writing a business plan, that kind of thing. So far, like the people outside of breweries I've talked to, we did one episode with Brood for Her Ledger. She's an accountant and a an, uh, consultant for breweries. We talked with 99 Bottles in Washington State, and she's a retailer. And I actually talked with a distributor in Korea, and I was like, okay, Say I'm a brewery and I'm kind of like having trouble reaching new markets in the U.S. I can export to find new markets. How do I do that? 
Nice. So that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's neat. And then, like you said, sort of, sort of briefly there, but you're you're hoping to start a brewery yourself. It's not that you're you're not coming at this from like sometimes podcasts are started by people as like I'm the expert. I'm going to tell you how to do this stuff. But this is kind of like your journey to eventually do this, right? I'm learning along the way. I had okay, so I could give you a little bit of history of the podcast, which sure. will give you a little bit more background on me too. Microbrewer and podcast and microbrewer.com was started by Joe Shellrood in the beginning of last year, 2014. And he actually interviewed me on episode five of the podcast as planning to start my brewery. And the intention was that he would follow me through the process and just check up with me periodically as a way to educate the audience on the whole process, like start to scratch. And I was just listening along as a great resource for me, planning to start my brewery, putting together my business plan and all that stuff. And then in episode 12, he said, I was just listening and he said, okay, well, this is, this is going to be our last episode. Pretty soon I have an interview, but there's not going to be any more after this. And I was like totally floored. I couldn't even listen to the rest of the episode. I had to pause it and like, what does this mean for me? <laughs> Where is this resource going? Because actually, I had been, as I was like trying to stay focused on my business plan, I had been thinking about starting a podcast. I was getting more into podcasts and really relying on them to give me inspiration along my entrepreneurial and journey and whatnot. I heard pretty pretty early I found Smart Passive Income and Entrepreneur on Fire. And, um, oh, that one with Chris Fisher. Mm, I don't know that one, but... Beyond the to-do list. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Th- those provided, yeah. A, I think I got Chris's name right. Those pre- provided a lot of inspiration. And then luckily, I found Microbrewer Podcast. So I was like, thank God I don't have to do that because I've got too much trying to plan a brewery. <laughs> so when episode 12 was going to be the last one, I called up Joe and just I said, hey, I know you have a literal baby on the way, but would you let me take on your metaphorical baby? take a couple of days to think about it. And he called me back. And he's like, yeah, I'll let you do this. So I've been doing it since episode 13. I, just this morning, I haven't even checked iTunes yet. Episode 46 should be live today. That was, I took over about June of last year, May or June. Nice. I think that's another first, I guess, for this, this, uh, for show me your mic guests anyways, is, uh, somebody taking over a podcast for someone else, which is a, a unique way of doing it. And I, um, not that it hasn't happened before, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's happened plenty of times. I, I don't hear every single podcast that's out there, but, um, you know, rather than starting your own community and stuff. And so was the microbrewer.com that site sort of set up more or less as it is now, or if you kind of like adapted and changed things or, or how, how have things changed since you took over the driver's seat? The website is more or less the same. I've added some sections. I've, well, I, I could say I've actually added a lot as I've tried to monetize this endeavor and whatnot. Just like maybe a few weeks before all that transaction happened, I was planning, I was actually already developing my blog site and another sort of niche site that I'm trying to put together. And so I was familiar with WordPress but like I've probably WordPress has been the biggest difficulty just learning how to do that. I took a, a web design class. Um, oh gee. Okay. So it was, it was in 20, the summer of 2014 and I repeated that class in the fall <laughs> at the community <laughs> college and everybody, I was like, Oh yeah, I check out Wix.com. Cause I, 
I had to, uh, I was trying to develop this. I got a couple customers to do some websites and I didn't really know how to do websites. I thought I would just do like some WYSIWYG kind of stuff. And I came back and told my classmates, yeah, Wix is like so easy. It's drag and drop. They're like, if you think that's easy, you should try WordPress. And I think WordPress has been so difficult, but definitely I could do a ton more with WordPress than the other website that I had developed. So it's all been a huge learning curve. I think I'm finally getting to the point where I could sort of sit back and plan ahead. So that's why this coming year, the podcast has taken a little bit different curve where I, I mentioned that I'm doing a series. I'm pl- planning to do a series. I haven't scheduled anything yet about um, developing a business plan. In March, I'm going to do a series on Women History Month. So I'll have only women on the podcast. I'm going to get it. Actually, before that, I'm going to do a podcast series on podcasting for breweries. There are, I know of, let's see, two breweries who already have podcasts. Nice. Sort of a show me your brewery podcast. <laughs> it's a meta version of show me your mic, which would be great. And I, I think that's, a, that's an interesting angle too of, um, I, I find anyways, I often am sort of flying a bit by the seat of my pants with stuff and don't take a moment to look back at the bigger calendar and the bigger picture of events that might be happening, like you said, with uh, uh, Women's History Month in March and things like that. And obviously, you know, geographically appropriate events and things that might be going on where you live, but then also no, bearing in mind that you have a worldwide audience potentially. Like you'd, the last episode I listened to, which I think was the, yeah, was the most recent one as of, as of this recording anyways, was with a guy from Cork in Ireland uh, running a brewery there with his buddies and stuff. Yeah, that was my second international interview. Yeah, <laughs> which brought back memories. I was in Cork in, I don't know, I think it was 99 or something like that. that uh, I couldn't tell you if I visited his pub or the hotel or not, but uh, but it was good to hear, hear the dialect anyways and the, the, a little bit about Cork and stuff from there. But um, yeah, having that connection to, just like you said, with an interest in this thing and a podcast, like I, I think I've said before too, is a great vehicle for getting in front of folks who might not otherwise have a good reason to chat with you or a good excuse to chat with you anyways. And, uh, being on a podcast, they can talk about their thing and you get to pick their brain about some stuff and, and everybody listens along. So you had mentioned, um, doing a bit of monetization and stuff and, and things like that. What are, what are some th- efforts that you're trying to just sort of help pay the bills and stuff with this? Early on, um, I set up the Amazon affiliate account and it took a while to actually even get a payment from them because I wasn't at my $10 limit. But that's at the point where it's at least um, paying for my Libsyn hosting at this point pretty consistently each month. And um, let's see, there are a few. Oh, the other main one is a, a donation PayPal thing on the website. Well, I can't, I guess I'm not allowed to call it a donation because <laughs> PayPal says that you have to be a 501c3 to to call it a donation so i don't mention that word <laughs> right <laughs> gotcha hopefully they don't drop me they i don't know it was like i was trying to make sure i was following the rules and they said if you want to call it a donation you have to be a 501c3 and they said anybody else they didn't really say anybody else but they just said you can withdraw $10,000 until we check on your 501c3 status so I don't know if that means if you don't use the word donation that you can do it, but only up to $10,000. Right. I'm kind of running <laughs> this thin line. but I, I, I don't think man, anybody that, from PayPal listens to this show, so you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that has been so heartwarming to tell you the truth because it's basically at the point where I'm trying to get it just to pay the bills. 
I mean, we haven't really talked about my personal situation, but I'm not working right now. So I'm really trying to make this work. And, um, the, I was like the first time a donation came in, I was like screaming or (laughs) the first time a a contribution came in, I was screaming and I like took a screenshot and sent it to my girlfriend, sent it to my parents and everything. (laughs) And I was just thinking about it. Like somebody from Wisconsin took money out of their own pocket and gave it to me just because they listen to this podcast and they appreciate the information. Like they're probably going through my situation. They probably just really enjoy the show, really appreciate it. They understand that I put a lot of time into it and they're giving me their own money directly to me. It was like so heartwarming. And a couple people have done that too. Yeah. That's where, um, something you might want to look into is, is, uh, and maybe you're familiar with it and just whatever, but, uh, is something called Patreon. So P A T R E N, sorry, P A T R E O N.com slash I Chris, for example, is my page, but that's a, <laughs> it's a great way actually to, uh, a service that runs sort of your support campaign as it were. Uh, and then it actually can be, uh, they use the term of probably less of supporting and more of becoming a patron in the patron of the arts sense. Mm. Um, but you can just build it around whatever you happen to be doing in your case, a podcast in other people's case, a video or whatever series it might be. But yeah, I, the similar thing happened where um, it was a buddy of mine who I had set up the page and, you know, just as a joke and hadn't actually started doing anything with it. And I got an email notifying me that somebody was donating. I think it was just a dollar at first but it's a dollar per month or per episode, whichever way you want to do it. And it was, yeah, it was just kind of like that shocking idea of like, wow, somebody out there is actually giving their hard earned money to support me in this endeavor that I have. And, and, uh, and it's, yeah, it it makes, uh, makes it all not just not worthwhile necessarily, but just at least like feels like there's people out there supporting you in in this with you. So I'll check out your Patreon page. I had heard about that. It's still, kind of vague to me. I'm kind of trying to figure out if I could offer those bonus uh, rewards or whatever. So I'll check out yours and see what you're doing as a podcast, how you're integrating it. Yeah. It's a, I, like I said, I haven't done a great job yet of fully integrating it yet into everything I'm doing with podcasting just because we have other uh, stuff that we're looking after and things. But it's, uh, we reached, I mean, the first goal of uh, getting, I think it was a $100 milestone goal that we wanted to reach as far as uh, um, getting a webcam, a better webcam for doing some video stuff for patrons and things like that was reached. So it's, yeah, it's fun. It, and it kind of like everybody's kind of building something together as well and, and, uh, supporting you or me or whatever in their podcasting efforts. So, um, what was the, uh, getting back to your show and stuff, what was the sort of motivation behind wanting to do a podcast in the first place? Well, I was just listening to, um, I don't know if I I could just mention that I'm starting to sell ads on, on oh. Microbrewer and Microbrewer podcast also. I've sold two ads so far. So um, that's probably the last and hopefully the biggest way I'll be monetizing moving forward. Did you want to talk about that at all? Or Sure. Yeah. What? Uh, how has that worked out? Um, well, I just picked up my first check on Sunday night from the San Jose Co-op Brew Pub. And there's some people in San Jose, California who are... Uh, trying to form a co-op brew pub. And I am already a member. Just I was like, wow, they're planning to start a brewery. I could totally become a member and, and learn how they're doing it. And then I could share what I've learned also. So when I was 
we're actually, oh, just today, the show that went live is about co-ops. And then the next two shows will be about co-ops. So they're actually going to be a guest. They thought it would be good investment to buy an ad around the same time as well. And then there's a company, I don't want to mention the name yet because we haven't signed the agreement, but they're going to be getting six episodes based on a verbal agreement. They they even emailed me. I, I mentioned a couple times on a couple episodes that I was now accepting advertisements and put a banner on the website, maybe a little bit of uh, information on the uh, support microbrewer page, which would probably be hidden. I'm surprised if they found it me through that. <laughs> they just emailed me, hey, I want to contact you about advertising opportunities. I was like, what the heck? I haven't even emailed anybody yet. But they turned out to be a company who last summer, and I was looking for price quotes for brewing equipment. They're sort of an intermediary, and they provide price quotes for whatever you're looking for. So it's right up the alley. And it's something that I've used before, so I can speak from experience that it was a good experience going through the process of getting a price quote and stuff like that. So I don't really, I don't, I don't think I have enough listeners to command a CPM money. I just set a fee and they accepted it. So hopefully it'll pay off for the advertiser and they'll renew and I'll be able to find more advertisers. Nice. And that's, yeah, that's always the tricky thing of just figuring out dollars and whatever for, but it, again, it, I think it comes down just like any other advertising. If it's worth their while, if they get the return on their investment, they're happy and you're happy because you got some money to help, again, pay your bills and put food on your table or whatever it happens to go towards. And and uh, you mentioned uh, sort of signing a contract and stuff like that. What, have you used any sort of services like to help with that kind of thing or just, you know, you're like writing up a little thing in pages or whatever and, and just doing it sort of by hand and yeah i'm just using google docs mm-hmm. and um turn it into a pdf and email it to them and then kind of have them type their name <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know if the legal validity is there i never i mean i'm not an attorney or anything but i always thought it was the whole notion of a signature is silly because it could be forged so easily and I mean, we're in agreement. Well, okay, I could say this. I know some attorneys. I don't want to name anybody by name. <laughs> My girlfriend's an attorney, and she tells me too, like a contract, uh, like a a verbal agreement could actually be considered a contract. So I don't know how important that paper document is, but it makes everybody feels a little bit more safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's yeah. I, I definitely used as a template for my language and the structure. It doesn't feel like a legal document at all, but I follow the the structure of a template that I found in Podcasters Paradise. That Podcasters Paradise is a paid membership by John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, and it has actually been a great resource to me in many ways. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll throw a link in the show notes for folks who haven't... Uh haven't uh, come across that. That's why I think definitely a great way to, uh, um, you need, you need something like that wherever your group of folks happens to be, um, that you can sort of, I'm I'm guessing it is with this one. It looks similar to other ones where it's just a community that you can ask questions of, get ideas from advice from, and then learn stuff about this medium that, uh, it's, it's otherwise hard to do on your own. Well, they have a web, not to give them too much of an endorsement or anything, although I do fully recommend it, uh, like heart and soul. It's been so, so great. I had the opportunity to either, okay, 
I don't really have a job. I would like to start a brewery, but that's not going to happen this year. Plans are taking a turn and taking a longer term goal. So now I'm going to try to see if I could pay the bills with this crazy podcasting thing. So my, I have this chunk of money. I'm either going to spend it on a podcasting conference or I'm going to spend it on Podcasters Paradise. And somebody's like, well, you, you know, the conference lasts three days and the membership of Podcasters Paradise is lifetime. I was like, good idea. <laughs> so it has a website with like more and more resources all the time. Lots of video tutorials. Basically, it's like create, grow and monetize. And then there is the private Facebook group and there's like 1500 members. So it seems like all of us are on the Facebook group so much. If I want like a, a more in-depth resource, I'll go to the website. And if I have basically like the Facebook group is my help desk, I could get a response within sometimes seconds. If I have a question, I could post it to the Facebook site. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. That's where, um, there, I'm sure there's plenty of them around similar kinds of ideas. I know the, the one resource that often people don't look at because it's kind of gotten a bad rap is the um, Google Plus community, actually podcasting, I forget which one it is, podcasting technology resources or podcasters. Either one of those, you can do a Google search for it on Plus. If, if you use Google Plus for nothing else, just go join one of those kind of communities of whatever you happen to be into because it's it's kind of like, I feel like I, maybe I'm repeating myself on this show, so forgive me if I've talked about it before, but it's a uh, it's a, it is actually a good resource and a reason to, to fire up that dust off that Google Plus account if you've never used it for anything else. Um, kind of dusty usually, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I found actually I found a really good uh, like it's I, there's certainly value in not not discounting anything that uh, what John Lee Dumas and, and uh, Podcast Paradise is doing because when you pay for something to be a member of something, there's sort of an inherent desire to help and to get more out of it obviously than just a free community and this was and obviously other resources and stuff that he's putting on there but um but if you're wanting to sort of just to dip your toes in this idea anyways i guess something like the those like i mentioned the google plus communities is a great place to start too and uh and you get yeah you can post questions and stuff and and get a feedback probably not quite as quick as instantaneously or near instant but uh but as another way of, of sort of checking into that kind of community and, and finding other podcasters that uh, maybe have come across similar similar issues as you have, so uh, well, I'll check that out. Yeah, and that's I think that's probably where uh, it sounds like you're doing a great job as far as just you know trying things and put testing the waters of different ideas as far as you know even monetizing like you were saying and and people sometimes are a bit too afraid to ask for money for a podcast as if it's somehow you know weird or different or whatever. But uh, um, I noticed on the site you're because it, the site itself is you know it's not just the podcast. Obviously, you've got uh, resources and things that you're building on the site as well as a, I presume, sort of a resource for people interested in microbrewery. Um, and talk a bit about how that has maybe helped or hindered or whatever the, the podcast efforts that you're doing. Well, yeah, there's a blog too, and and I'm trying to put more resources on there. <clears throat> Excuse me, on the resources page. So it's basically just continuing the information that's coming from the podcast as uh, I want to start a brewery. What do I need to know? So the blog, like recently I had, um, coincidentally, maybe not coincidentally, there was an attorney who happens to be my friend since preschool. He talked about trademark issues and he also wrote a post on the blog. And so like, then, so this is like behind the scenes of microbrewer. It's, it's too hard to do a podcast and a blog and everything else. So I'll ask my guests. They're the expert anyway, if they want to write a blog post. And 
Um, so he, we talked about trademark issues for breweries and then he wrote, he actually already had something that never got published. So it's like how to apply for a trademark. It's a huge issue in breweries right now. It's like breweries are suing each other all the time. And just after, maybe I could have leveraged this a little bit more just after my podcast on that aired, Lagunitas was trying to sue Sierra Nevada, like two of, well, Sierra Nevada is probably the second largest craft brewery in the U.S. And Lagunitas, I think, is number five for <laughs> like naming issues and logo design. But that kind of story is happening all the time. Well, recently, I had a, a, a brewery owner, tiny, tiny brewery owner on the podcast. He, like he says, he has three bar stools to get a picture of the size of his brewery. And he's being sued for $800,000 from like a small t-shirt company, super small t-shirt company. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's tough. Some, some people emailed like, you should, you should drink a beer on the podcast and I'll drink it with you and we'll talk about the beer. But there are plenty of other podcasts out there about beer. This one's more about business. So if I want to open a brewery, I need to know a lot more than beer. Like the podcast so many of the podcast guests have said owning a brewery is a lot more than making good beer. <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to cover other issues. Like when the retailer was on, I said, okay, I'm a small brewery. You are a craft beer store. How do I get my beer into your store? And once it's in there, how do I like convince you to push my beer a little bit more? How do we increase sales? Um, I'm going to have like podcasting for breweries. Well, some of the things we already talked about, you know, mm -hmm. business, how to write a business plan. Some people are asking about that. A lot of people are asking about how much does it cost to start a brewery? Like, how do you find investors? So I just recorded an interview yesterday morning. It'll be a few months. I'll probably put this one with the business series. Like everybody was asking, well, not everybody. A lot of people were asking about investors. How do you even find an investor? So I was like, when he brought it up, I would just like went with it and pushed him for a bunch of questions. And I was like, dang, I hope I'm not getting too personal with this kind of thing. But he was really <laughs> gracious and shared info about that. So that's basically what I'm trying to provide on the website, microbrewer.com. Mostly through the blog, but I'll put together some other resources on the resources page. Like Joe Shellerud had already compiled a list of all of the... Uh, alcohol licensing boards in all 50 states. So there's a page with that that people can just find easily if they're getting ready to get a license for their brewery. Right, which is, um, I mean, uh, this show is the the bent is obviously on my show is, you know, how, how helping people with their podcast, but that kind of stuff does help where your other resources and things on your page beyond just the podcast itself can help bring in listeners to your podcast who might not otherwise even know or think to listen to a podcast about how to start a brewery because they might just be Googling and looking for documents and saving pages and bookmarking things. But the idea of listening to experts on it or, or whatever, talking about how it, how it works is a, a great way to bring, bring them in and, and uh, you know, use a little Google juice or whatever to, to bring people to your page. Um, yeah. I could show you my mic and you could show me your Patreon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot more than just recording the audio, right? Yeah. And, uh, and also the, uh, the 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 fact that you're not already brewing stuff, which are brewing beer, which obviously you would like to be doing, but I think that probably helps a little bit, you know, with your interviews where you can you can be genuinely, 
you know, trying to just help other people and not just have this sort of uh, vested interest in yourself, your the product that you happen to be pushing at the time, let's say, when you eventually do start brewing your own beer. It's uh, a lot of bees. And, uh, and uh, you know, it allows you to sort of speak as a third party who's not, you know, uh, trying to pitch your own thing as well in the, in the midst of that. So, um, but I'm sure once you have your own, it'll still be interesting and, <laughs> and fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'm not really interested in brewing beer. I want to do sort of the behind the scenes overall aspect of the business. So actually it just occurred to me that that might be giving me a unique perspective. If I was a brewer, I might be talking more about just the brewing process and not really reaching the niche that I'm trying to, to help out. Yeah. I I did yesterday though. I made a, I I found a kit in some stores. Some, I accidentally, I, accidentally, what do you call that? An impulse purchase. <laughs> it was like super, super cheap. So I picked one up and made beer at home for the first time. I'd made it with friends before, but this was the first time my brother-in-law did it kind of unsupervised. <laughs> but other than that, I'm not super, in, I don't know. Right. So we'll it's more the business and, and the fun of owning a brewery than the actual like sitting down there and messing with the water levels and the whatever's, I don't even know the, <laughs> the pHs and the, the things. Yeah, I'll let somebody else be the expert on that and enjoy their <laughs> fruits. Like, I try to imagine myself coming into the brewery every day, you know, after 10 years or something. Okay, it's like early in the morning, like bakery hours or something, and I'm going to make beer again. And we have maybe, I don't know, 20 beers on rotation, and we try to do different beers every so often. But I think it would kind of get old. Where What would really be exciting to me is like, all right, we're in five counties. How do we get in 10 counties? Or we're in five states. How do we get into 13 states? How do we sell more beer? Right. How do yeah, we design that, the logos and come up with the names and things like that? Yeah, the higher level business stuff, not down in the weeds of yeah making the beer. So, Which is, is good. And that's, I think, probably people might, like you've, you've sort of dealt with people asking you to talk about beer more or whatever occasionally. But I think sticking in the sort of niche that you're in is, is probably going to serve you better as far as, um, as building an audience and building an audience with... Um, well, money to spend maybe, and also uh, the ability to support and and uh, help you in your podcasting efforts too. So, um, well, after, I'm just going to take a break for a quick, sp- speaking of support, <laughs> take a quick sponsor break. And after that, I just want to talk to you a bit about some of the gear that you're using to record podcasts and what you've been using for that. But um, our one sponsor for this episode is Campaign Monitor. And sending email doesn't need to be a chore. Campaign Monitor makes it fun, easy, and beautiful. If you need to send an email in a hurry, you can try your hand with their template builder and have a responsive email template ready in 60 seconds. You can check that out at canvas.cm. And with geolocation segments, you can send even more personalized emails to your subscribers. Just recently, I, I'm sort of floating the idea of starting a new podcast and uh, wanting to sort of gauge interest from people to be on the show, not just as a listener survey and I was thinking about different ways of doing this and with Campaign Monitor, setting up a quick list in our account, uh, building a quick subscriber form and sending out a link to folks to gauge their interest, figure out when they might be able to do it, how often they'd want to actually record a show based on the topic I was doing and uh, and where and things like that. And just sort of as a way to, you know, you could build a survey and things like that. But um, with Campaign Monitor's sort of segmenting lists, it was a, easy to sort of figure out who, when, where, why. Uh, from that and uh, all within the one campaign monitor account that we're using. So it's great service. Check them out at campaignmonitor.com. My thanks to them for supporting Good Stuff and show me your mic. 
So um, one thing I've asked folks, previous guests, is uh, like you said, you're new to the show. So to previous guests, I've asked for just a email me a quick photo of your gear, which you don't have to do right this second, but just for the show uh, show page eventually. Um, and we take all kinds. We don't have to have, there doesn't have to be this professional studio, just whatever it happens to be that you're using. That's the feedback I've gotten from folks is it's fun, interesting to hear what a variety of folks are using. So from the expensive, super crazy mics to the cheap, quick and easy mics or whatever, the, that's not a great description, but um what are you using these days for, for recording your podcast, starting with your mic and going from there, I guess? Yeah, my photograph would be pretty sparse. Um, I have a MacBook Pro and I have an Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB. Nice. Right now I'm using, which is pretty much my standard uh, equipment, is some little black earbuds from literally like 20 years ago. <laughs> like for your headphone to listen to the show or listen to your guest and that kind of thing? Just listen to the audio so I don't have any feedback to the mic. Yeah. Like, um, so it's, it even predates the, uh, what do you call that? A sort of electronic control thing, like on the Apple earbuds. Oh, right. Like it's just pure earbud, just headphone. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> no levels and mics and whatever in the in the. Yeah, totally. It's probably from like Sony Discman days. Right. <laughs> Which the younger audience is probably like, have no clue what, what that might be. <laughs> I can't believe I'm old enough to start reminiscing about that kind of stuff. <laughs> Happens quicker than you think, or it feels like it does. But yeah, the, the ATR2100 is a great mic. That's, uh, it's become quite popular among podcasters in the States. Anyways, it's like, I think it's 60 bucks on Amazon or something. So it's dirt cheap, and, uh, and, but it's a great sounding mic that's... Uh, I think the last few guests have sort of either used it or tried it on different levels. So, Yeah, I got mine for, I needed to get it like last minute. I was like, dang, I took over this podcast and <laughs> and I need to get an episode out. I think I missed actually just one or two weeks. So I ordered it not through Amazon, through another site and paid like an extra 30 bucks for overnight shipping, I think. So mine was like 90 bucks, but it's been pretty good for me. I'm actually considering getting a second one because I've heard from the podcasters paradise Facebook group that these things kind of break easily. Hmm. It's the Jack and the bottom kind of gets pushes in, pushed in or just quits making sound for some reason. I don't know. Mine's held up. I'm not super gentle with it, but definitely don't toss it around. <laughs> and I did one episode in the field. The only interview that I did in person was with Mark Carpenter from he's he's been at Anchor Brewing in San Francisco for like 45 years. Oh wow. And I got to talk with him in person at the brewery and this room. I don't even know if there's a ceiling on his office, but it was like cinder block walls with glass windows on the other side. So there's I had um this I don't want to name the name cuz I'm not giving it a good rap. I it plugs directly into the the jack on my iPhone. And there was a lot of echo and stuff. So I think if I do another in-person interview, I would get maybe another uh, ATR2100 and just plug them straight into my MacBook Pro, maybe record into GarageBand. I've been kind of hesitant to make a 40-minute recording directly into GarageBand. Right, because what are you using right now to when you record? I use Ecamm Call Recorder on Skype. Oh, yeah. And um, some people are 
I mean, I, w- I will say that they're overly cautious until it happens to me. They're like, you need to get a backup and wait until it goes down. And other people are like, you know what? I've been doing it for like 30 episodes and I haven't had, a- that's where I'm at. I think I've published 33 episodes so far and I've recorded another four or five and haven't had any trouble yet. <laughs> I keep looking at the record button for this call and I'm not recording it. <laughs> What's wrong? Oh no. Yeah. That's actually, I should have asked you. I forgot. I do have my own little backup system, so it's not a big deal. But yeah, that's, it is just like backing up your computer or anything like that. You don't really panic about it until it happens to you. And, and, but even then it's, it is, I know a fairly solid program, but um, yeah, there's lots of, lots of good advice um, and well-intentioned advice, I guess, but um, ultimately you got to do with what you can too. So it's kind of complicated enough for me already. Actually, the (laughs) interview I recorded yesterday, I went to hit the record button I hit the little red Skype button to end the call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he called me back. I was like, whoops, sorry. He apologized. I guess he thought his, his like, uh, signal went down or something. Yeah. He's like, sorry about that. I was like, oh, actually, it was my fault. I'm such an amateur. <laughs> if I had to deal with all this backups and everything else, that something else would go wrong. One of, probably one of my biggest interviews so far, we're getting really behind the scenes. This hasn't been public yet. The interview with 21st Amendment Brewery in San Francisco, I had my ATR 2100 plugged in and about halfway through, I was like, why are my bars not showing up on this call recorder window? Realized I was using my built-in mic on my MacBook Pro. Afterwards, I was like, oh, that's why my sound is like so echoey and it never was before. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly. You just, you learn as you go and and things like that happen and then you figure out (laughs) what to do or whatever. And, And it's, yeah, it's the same thing. I think I've, um, I don't know how many total episodes, 200, 250 episodes of different podcasts and stuff that I've recorded. And there's still times I forget to hit record or forget to hit the backup thing or forget to turn on the live stream in our case and things like that. And Wow. Yeah. That's a that's the nature, I think, of podcasting where you've got humans involved. <laughs> still happens. Yeah. Humans and computers, I guess, that aren't, neither are flawless. So, um, so I don't need to beat myself up too much. It'll no. keep on happening. <laughs> and I was going to say, going back to your, your interview with the, the brewer uh, at the brewery and, uh, or was it a brewery? Yeah. I think you said mm-hmm. where you had lots of echo, the, just the, the things you said too, with, uh, glass walls and sort of probably wood floor or something and hard surfaces that'll echo like crazy, even if you have a, a really good mic. Um, and so it's sometimes those things are unavoidable where you just, you're going and they're not, you can't, you know, make them put put up uh, curtains or, or some sort of wall right. hanging or pillows all over the place to try and dampen the sound. But yeah, and you just sort of deal with what you do and, and that's the way it goes. So um, well, this ATR 2100, one of the first tests I did was I just held it away. Cause I got this little tiny tripod that comes with it. Probably anybody who has an ATR 2100 knows what I'm talking about. And um, I don't have like the boom or the shock mount or anything like that. So I just picked it up and held it out at arm's length, pointed away from me and like coughed and sneezed and tried to make some noises and stuff. And it was like, it was perceptible, but it was really, really quiet. Like if I was listening to the episode driving in my car, I might not even be able to hear it or notice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I imagine that it's going, this mic will be pretty good at cutting out outside sounds like one time actually I was recording a podcast and there was a leaf blower going next door I was like totally sweating bullets about it and I asked the guy I was like hang on let's take a pause because I'm not live like you are I was able to stop and say can you hear that leaf blower he's like "Mm, no and when I hear back sometimes I'll I'll hear birds or things that other people don't notice but 
it really does a good job of cutting out sound that's not too far, too close to the microphone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And what do you, do you use something to edit with or uh, as far as software, are you like editing in GarageBand then or, and just not recording right into it? Yeah. I edit in GarageBand. So for a while I was just doing one track. So somebody showed me like, Oh, these little software that come with call recorder, this is how you split the track into two. And oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like Googling it and everybody was telling me that I had to download all this stuff. And I, and then somebody, well, it was Matt Mazak from Balance's Bunk podcast. After we did that episode, I was on his podcast. He's like, well, check this out. All you do is you, once you get the .mov file, you drag it over this little piece of software. It's called split sides of conversation and it comes with call recorder. You just drag the file over that and then it splits it into two tracks. And then your two tracks are .movs also. You, of course, you slide them over to convert to MP3. So it just does all that automatically. So now that I split the tracks, I could drag them into GarageBand and I have more flexibility to turn up or down my volume because my volume is a lot of times quieter than my guests. I don't know exactly why. And... Um, like one time, I think my guest was really echoey, but I was not. So I was able to do some EQs just on that track. Yeah. So things that I couldn't do if I just had them both on one track. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, you can check, I, I haven't used the ATR 2100 directly, but you could check your max input level on that uh, in the sound preferences. It might might have some clues as far as boosting your volume, maybe if it's, um, but again, you don't want to over boost it, get it peaking so that you're always sort of getting that high gain kind of crunchy sound <laughs> yeah it seems either. like there's a really fine line with that one yeah i have it up about the three-quarter mark and if i turn it up a little bit more it seems like it's really easy for me to get excited and talk really loud all of a sudden it's like blah, 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 blah. yeah <laughs> it's like cutting i guess they call it yeah well maybe previous guests if there's anybody listening who has a suggestion with the who has a tr 2100 or uh ray ortega i know a guest he's a previous guest uh guest show number uh i want to say 65 but that doesn't sound quite right here i'll find it for you in a second here um he was he podcasts with that occasionally yeah 65 was right and um when he was on actually he i think i mentioned this last episode but he actually recorded Halfway through, he switched mics from a, a $350-ish Heil PR40 mic, which is what I use, switched to that ATR2100, and then sort of told me after the fact, and obviously the listeners, now I've ruined the surprise for you, but <laughs> <laughs> listeners as well to sort of see if they could figure out and, and notice the difference or not. Because the other thing is, like, I mean, we, we're recording this right now in high-quality audio on, in Logic, but then it gets compressed down to an MP3 that takes a bunch of the quality out of it, and so... You know, whether you can really tell the difference or not, up to you, I guess. And you can listen and, and determine for yourself. But uh, what was the response? Did any listeners call back and say, like, wow, I couldn't even tell her? No, I could totally <laughs> tell the second it happened. I haven't gotten either of the extremes yet. So we'll see. Maybe if they, uh, maybe they pinged Ray. I'm not sure. But uh, I couldn't, when I was editing, I, I, I'd be hard pressed to say, I, I guess I could tell a difference, but I, I'd be hard pressed to say, uh, again, I'm listening to the original audio. Hard pressed to say that it's worth necessarily three hundred extra dollars to, and as well as the extra gear, the, a mixer of some sort, or uh, things like that that you'd need in order to run the Heil PR forty. Um, but luckily, I spent my money a long time ago, and and I can't take it back. <laughs> That's what I tell my oh, wife. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but Oops, uh, it's already spent. Maybe yeah. I'll play with it. <laughs> 
Um, and then you're, so you're going from GarageBand out to an MP3. And then like you mentioned, you're using Libsyn for hosting and um, WordPress for your site. Any other interesting little things you've come across that you're, you're experimenting with in the workflow? ID3 editor, I was like, I went to John Lee Dumas' uh, podcasting 101 class at Creative Live. So I'm not too far from San Francisco. My girlfriend lives in Berkeley. So I was like, heck yeah, I want to go to that. Go to a class for free all day long, meet some other podcasters. And they told me, sort of an aside, um, the default settings in ID3 editor. <laughs> oh, nice. Like the, is that from the PA software, I think is the mm. company behind it. Like that one? Yeah, I'm not sure who makes it. It's just a little icon of a white uh, white piece of paper sort of with a green musical note on it and a silver ballpoint pen. It's just ID3 space editor. Yeah. So it uh, does your ID3 tags. It has a, you know, Pat Flynn has his tutorial. He recommends he or he uh, gives a tutorial of adding the ID3, sorry, the, the meta tags in iTunes. And then John Lee Dumas recommended this one. And this one has more fields to fill in than iTunes does. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a hassle adding all that stuff. So one thing that's really cool is I'll drag my MP3 into iTunes and then I'll convert it. I mean, I'll drag my AIF into iTunes. And then I'm kind of skipping the process. This is the whole process. GarageBand export to AIF. Uh, AIF, I drag over to Levelator. Mm, right. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. And so I drag it over to Levelator, which evens out the sound. I've I've checked, I've compared MP3s pre and post Levelator, opened them up and checked the waveforms in Audacity. It totally does level things out and it helps a lot with my voice being quieter than the guest's voice and and just does some other things that makes it sound much better too. So uh, let's see. I think Levelator ends up with an AIF also. So I drag that into iTunes and then I convert it to an MP3. Drag it from iTunes into the ID3 editor. I have my default set. So I just hit Command D. It fills in all my tags at once. I just add the description and the title, track number, the graphics, a couple more clicks, to shoot my tags on some other parts that I don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> and I just hit update. So let's see. It's, there's a weird thing happening with iTunes lately where as soon as I go back into iTunes, it doesn't show that it's all updated until I hit Command-I for the info. Right, yeah. And, and then all of a sudden it updates the title and things like that. So there's one field that ID3 editor doesn't have, which is like sort by, I think. I don't know what most of these things are. It's just like, well, if those other things are helpful, this one's probably helpful too. <laughs> and yeah, and some of those I know they're um, like preferences that are that would be pre- um, specific to your iTunes. Doesn't necessarily like my setting could override that on my computer when I download your podcast, for example. But mm. um, but it's still yeah, I'm I'm of the mind too, like just like you, where I either. Uh, suspicious or skeptical or i don't know what the which uh feeling it is but i set all that stuff and then try and uh and just hit all the buttons to make sure kind of a <laughs> smash approach but uh <laughs> start pushing knobs and yeah knobs and pushing <laughs> buttons yeah when in doubt just fill it in yeah exactly so but yeah it's uh that's the id3 tether tag editor i know is a is a good way to, to especially with the defaults um i did the itunes method for a long time too and and still do occasionally when I, because it is, it's kind of quicker, but it feels like it's not as thorough as the ID3 editor for sure. 
Um, and so, well, just, with the default tags, I just hit Command D, and that makes it faster. I mean, it adds steps, yeah. but it feels like it's faster than yeah. if I were to do them all on iTunes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and it, with iTunes, I, I take the approach too that you never know when Apple's going to just make that really hard. There was a one version of iTunes where it was all messed up because, like, they don't they don't necessarily build iTunes for podcasters to edit their metadata in. <laughs> that's definitely not the focus of of iTunes. But I know lots of that's definitely the way a lot of podcasters use it. And so I kind of take the approach that eventually it's going to break because Apple will just decide we don't need to do that anymore and neither do you. <laughs> so it's good to have apps like ID3 Editor and um, there's been other ones over the years too. where uh, And services now too are starting to. I know I just noticed Blueberry um, will do some metadata editing on the fly. So you would edit your, you know, your short description, your title and stuff in presumably inside uh, WordPress or wherever and then they'll add it on the fly to your file which is what... Our custom CMS at Good Stuff does for us, but that's not easy for everybody else to use. So, um, anyways, that's uh, I think uh, I think enough on the workflow. Anyways, I should get people going, and if they're just starting out, I think that's uh, a great workflow to use. So, um, anything else that uh, I think I think we've covered everything, right? Well, uh, not strictly out. with podcasting, but I use Hootsuite has saved me a lot of time. Mm. And even scheduling my posts in Facebook on a page, I can schedule posts ahead of time on Facebook. And Reddit has seems to have increased my audience recently. I oh. recently discovered Reddit. Oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's probably the healthiest way to discover Reddit. But um, somebody else told me about it. He's like, you know, what? another podcaster we're skyping. He's like, have you heard of Reddit? And I was like, I don't have time for another social network. He's like, check this out. <laughs> He made one post and I saw an increase. I was like, dang, I'm going to put all kinds of posts up here. Totally got shadow banned. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny balance there, too, of having to like engage in the community, but then also wanting to contribute and add, you know, share your stuff. And I got, yeah, I was posting stuff for one, a Minecraft podcast we do and into the Minecraft community. I thought I was following what everybody else seemed to be doing, but no, I was posting too much personal stuff or whatever. And so, yeah. <laughs> How's the um, rating? the the age rating on the Minecast pod Minecraft podcast. How what is our age rating? Yeah, for, it's. I mean, would it be appropriate for my teenage nephew? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we don't. Uh, there's no swearing, or it's kind of like a. Chances are, he or she might be further along than what we covered. It was kind of like the basics, and then you know, surviving your first day and stuff like that. And we're just sort of now. I think it's episode twelve. We're up to. It's called Never Dig Down on Good Stuff. FM, little cross promotion, but uh, um, yeah, it's it. They may, I mean, they could take a listen and, and sur- we just covered it, you know, installing Minecraft mods and things like that. And um, so, certainly could could definitely try it. Yeah, we don't uh, we keep the, the PG or the G or whatever <laughs> rating um, for because I know for me, anyways, I have, I have kids who listen or who happen to might be listening in the background of a podcast. And so, I like, I appreciate when if I know ahead of time if there's going to be. F bombs or not in a show. So uh, that reminds me of the, um, Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World, why? And they go into the radio show, and this like this DJ is like moving a mile a minute, turning all these knobs and pushing in all these cassettes and everything. And they are like, Are you even paying attention to us? And he's like, Oh, yeah, right. Oh, and all this DJ voice. And <laughs> they say a bad word, and he like misses it at the last like, Whoa, and he pushes the button. It's like, Beep. Like beeps it out. I think it has a different sound effect. Yeah. Be careful that one. We're on live air here. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, that's a, that's the advantage of not streaming live and recording ahead of time. <laughs> so if it does slip out, um, how do I find that Minecraft podcast? What's it called again? Oh, uh, goodstuff.fm slash never dig down. Never dig down. Yeah, that's what a little, happens uh, if you dig down. Well, in Minecraft, Minecraft, the advice is that you should never dig down, dig straight down, because you might fall into a big, oh, dig through a block and fall into a big cavern or or a big and kill yourself, basically die. So don't oh. don't dig straight down, but. <laughs> Dig diagonally down. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's probably a little bit too clever to for for uh, even the average Minecraft user to understand why that name is that way. But that's what we went with, and so there it is. Um, I'll turn my into that. Yeah. The uh, what, the last thing I ask folks on the show, and again, if you're new to the show, you might not have heard this, but uh, I end the show with asking what guests what they listen to for podcasts and what apps they happen to listen to it on. So um, I'm going to thank another sponsor. So if you want to go grab your iPhone or Mac or whatever you happen to listen to podcasts on and, uh, um, and after the sponsor break, we'll come back and check hero what, what shows you like to listen to and recommendations you can make to other folks. Second sponsor for show me your mic this week is a small orange. A small orange has a simple vision, perfecting hosting while maintaining a homegrown feel with a focus on people, their customers, their employees, and their community. A small orange isn't like those big hosting conglomerates. They don't promise unlimited plans that are actually hindered by hidden limitations. Instead, you're only responsible for paying for the resources you need. Whether you're just starting your own blog or you're running a powerful e-commerce site, they have a plan for you. Now, before I could recommend them, I wanted to try using a small orange. So I recorded a screencast of myself setting up an account, installing WordPress, writing a blog post, just getting your basic site running. A uh, link to that screencast is in the show notes in the sponsor section, where you can also check out the link to A Small Orange. My thanks to A Small Orange for sponsoring and supporting good stuff. And show me your mic. Okay, so what's, uh, what are some of the podcasts you listen to? Let's see. I'm kind of like mint transition a lot. I'm scrolling through these. There's some that I was listening to a ton, like Entrepreneur on Fire, I was listening to it almost every day for a while. And it probably has me overwhelmed. Like, who can listen to a podcast every day? Well, it's because it's a daily one, right? Isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Every seven days a week. I don't know how he does it. And, <laughs> like, he does other tons of other stuff, too. Yeah. Smart Passive Income has been pretty rad. And I'm trying to make my way through Ask Pat. Probably never catch up there. But, I mean, episode one was phenomenal. I mean, like, updating your about page is pretty rad. Beyond the to-do list was pretty helpful. Oh, the very first episode that I listened to of Beyond the To-Do List was uh, Donald Miller. And he's the author and he has this uh, 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 productivity schedule, storyline productivity schedule, which really helped me get through a lot of stuff like busting out my business plan when it was late for my partners and stuff like that. So next on my list is Microbrewer Podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good to listen to your own show and make sure it's actually working. <laughs> oh, do you do that? Because I was doing that to every episode and I skipped a couple and I was like, well, the world didn't end. Maybe I can save an hour every week. Well, I don't, yeah, I shouldn't, I don't listen to the whole thing every time. Uh, but at, at the very least, um, subscribing to your own show is is good I'd, <laughs> and uh, making sure it sounds okay and uh, Generally, uh, uh, you know, if you have a, more than a couple listeners, they'll usually chime in pretty quickly if things are going haywire with the audio or something or things are missing from, you know, if you forget to include the left track or the, your guest track or something like that by accident when you export. But Oh, my um, gosh. 
<laughs> like I would publish mine at I published mine at four a.m. Pacific on Tuesday morning, so I would wake up at like eight or seven, anywhere between seven thirty and eight, except for today. <laughs> and um, I would there'd probably be a ton of people who already drove to work, and my episodes totally bunk, and I'd have to <laughs> upload it again. I guess, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like voting for yourself for president. <laughs> if you run for president and you vote for yourself, that's like subscribing to your own podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give yourself an extra download. Hey, every little bit helps. <laughs> I listened to This Is Your Life with Michael Hyatt. Um, it seems like it's been getting kind of more CEO-y lately, lately, like more for CEOs. But a friend turned me on to that one and it was really motivational last year. And uh, we he also turned me on to Warrior Mind podcast. And... It's just like short 15 minutes every week. Some of it's like not really where I'm interested in going. Some of it's kind of like out there a little bit, but it's all just about like the warrior mindset, stay focused kind of thing. Nice. And um, Startup Podcast has been pretty fun lately. Mm-hmm. With, by uh, yeah, Michael Bloomberg. Gimlet Media. I, yeah, I was going to say Michael Bloomberg. That's not the right one. <laughs> Michael Bloomberg. You know no. what? You want to hear a crazy story? I'm like getting really intimate right now. <laughs> I went to that podcasting 101 course in San Francisco at Creative Live. This guy jumps on stage talking about his podcast and his new podcasting network as he has coming up. And I was like, what is this, dude? This is just an advertisement. Why is this guy even on the stage? I totally zoned out. I was thinking about questions I wanted to ask. I was all nervous about being in front of the camera and stuff. Somebody else talks to me later on during the break and they're like, yeah, you know that guy who was on stage earlier. I was like, what are you talking about? Which guy? I have no memory of him on stage. I think I actually even talked to him. When we were, I think we were both sitting in the back row and we kind of had a little bit of small chat before the class even started. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I met him in person, didn't even know it. The next day at Creative Live, he had a class, two-day class about storytelling and podcasting. Yeah. Alex Bloomberg. That's who I, was, I don't know why I said Alex that. Bloomberg. Yeah. That's funny, actually. Ray Ortega, the guy I mentioned on episode 65 of this show, was at that Creative Live uh, recording with, with Alex. So he, the two-day. You guys probably crossed paths in the San Francisco night or something. But Yeah. <laughs> Mine was the day before. I wasn't. There was like a little bit of confusion of whether or not I signed up for the Michael Bloomberg one. And um, I guess I wasn't, but they gave it to me on digital. So I'm stoked it's in my library. And oh, yeah. That's a good one. Watch that yeah. soon. Cool. Anything else that, uh, any other podcasts you recommend? Well, um, there are some that I just kind of have. I check in every once in a while, like Shorts Cast is the brewery that has a pretty high production podcast. I totally want to get them on Microbrewer Podcast and find out how a brewery can have such a high quality podcast. It sounds like it's on the radio. Nice. And um, I don't know, it seems like a good marketing angle. Breweries are really community oriented. And so it's a possibility. I think a lot of people won't, a lot of breweries aren't going to have a podcast, but maybe it's a wave of the future and I'll be way ahead of the curve <laughs> telling the breweries how to do a podcast. But yeah, there you go. Um, Brew Crazy Pro is an interesting podcast. I guess they had been just brew crazy amateur for a while talking about home brewing. And finally, started a brewery and they changed the name to Brew Crazy Pro. So they were kind of talking about the same thing as I have, but instead of learning how to do it, they're sharing what they were learning themselves by actually doing it instead of getting ready to do it like me. They don't, I don't, 
they it's been a while since they had a recent episode. And then there's Craft Conscious, which kind of does a similar thing as I do with um, video, hmm. which would be pretty cool. Drew Dillman. Oh, you know what? That's another one. This guy invented this thing uh, to get like beer on tap in your house. So it's a little like kind of like a Keurig coffee thing. It's about that big. You can put it on your countertop at your home and you get a bag of beer and it pressurizes it and you could have like beer on tap in your house. And he did this Kickstarter thing and then he had this like video podcast, Craft Conscious, and then Drew Dillman took it over for him midway through also. Gotcha. (laughs) Nice. Like partway along. Um, Tim Nichols recently started a similar podcast, a microbrewer. That one's called Brewing Business, I believe. So I'm kind of at the point where I was really motivated in the beginning by like um, entrepreneurial podcasts and online podcasts kind of at the, I mean, online entrepreneurial sort of passive income podcasting kind of thing. And now I'm sort of in this weird in-between phase where I'm just checking up on a number of other podcasts. Like Food Trekker is actually doing something really similar. I think that's how Joe Shellerud kind of copied Pat Flynn's name for Food Trekker, dropping the last E when he made Microbrewer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I'm just kind of checking in. What's Pat Flynn doing with his audience? He's doing a similar thing to the Microbrewer audience. So like, I don't really know about home brewing. How do I talk to my audience who's like 60% of my audience already has been homebrewing for years and Pat Flynn doesn't own a food truck. How does he talk to his audience in that way? Right. Yeah. And then everybody's telling me to listen to cereal. So maybe I'll transition over to more entertainment stuff. Cause I feel like my brain is just getting fried from learning nonstop <laughs> since I've been doing this thing. Well, that's what I find too with uh, not, not that this happens to everybody. It's similar path that I took too, is a lot of the entrepreneurial kind of like businessy stuff is great and it gets you fired up for things. But then, yeah, my brain just kind of got like too much, too much stuff and kind of went mushy. And, and so, yeah, listening to other things that are just kind of help me maybe distract from the pressure or the stress of running a business and things. And yeah, things like cereal are kind of good for that to just have a little brain break when you're spending all your, your whole day or whatever doing business plans and things like that. So yeah, I haven't heard cereal yet. My girlfriend keeps bugging me to listen to that one. And I did take her advice and listen to the one that's on This American Life right now, um, Invisibilia. Oh, yeah. About, about Batman. Oh, interesting. I haven't uh, bookmarked that one. This guy was, um, I think he became blind at like 13 months. They had to take out his eyes. I think he had cancer maybe. And his mom was just like, he wants to ride a bike. He wants to climb a tree. Who am I to stop him? Right. <laughs> so it's all about like expectations, really, like society's expectations and how that influences what is possible in a person's life. And nobody ever told him that he couldn't. Like it's really typical for blind people, I guess, according to this podcast. If you're blind, you can't walk around downtown by yourself. I'll pick you up. I'll drive you everywhere. I'll do everything for you kind of thing. And they let him do his own thing. And I guess it's natural for a blind person to start clicking to get a sense of their surroundings. And he totally echolocates his way through the woods, climbing trees, riding a bicycle. And he's trying to teach other blind kids to do that. And wow. kind of touched a heartstring because I don't want to go all emotional about it, but I was born with three fingers. And my parents 
just have always told me you could do the same things that the other kids can do. And you could do anything that as long as you put your mind to it. So I've played guitar. I wrestled in high school. I surf and people are like, how do you even paddle a surfboard? You don't have any paddles on your hands. Like your, your palms aren't big enough. But, um, I think if I had different parents, I probably would not have done nearly as much with my life just because the expectations would have been much different. Yeah. That's like, that's a whole struggle as a parent myself and, and trying to figure, navigate those waters and not that this is a parenting podcast, but, uh, yeah, the, the stress and pressure of, uh, of being a parent and, and how much you influence the outcome of a kid and, in, and it's, you know, as a, probably for you, this, uh, for you as an adult, you look back at your parents and I look back and blame my parents for things or thank them for things or whatever. But then, yeah, realizing that, no, the same is true for my kids now. And they're going to blame or thank me for, <laughs> for stuff that I do mm. good or bad with them too. And, uh, but that's good to hear. That's a, that's a inspirational and, and also just a challenge I think too, as, as a parent and not the, the sort of helicopter parent of safety and making sure your kids are protected and, and insulated from the world. Um, is a, a growing trend there certainly and uh and it's yeah something that we try and fight against with our kids anyways and just let them experience things and learn and fall and hurt their hands and or whatever and stuff so um but yeah this isn't a parenting podcast i won't go off on a rant mm-hmm. there uh <laughs> good inspirational note yeah exactly I, I ended on a high note yeah me? what uh what apps do you listen to podcasts with on your do your on your mac usually or on your phone you're traveling around what do you do yeah, almost exclusively on my iPhone because um, I don't always double speed it. I mean, I hardly ever double speed it, but some, a lot of times I'll go to one and a half time, especially if it's if they're talking really slow and it sounds like they're at normal speed when I speed it up. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think I could do that on iTunes on my Mac. Well, plus I could just put my iPhone in my pocket and slip my earbuds down through my shirt and walk around the house and it's way easier taking a podcast with me wherever I go. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, which which app are you using? Just the podcast app from Apple? And- yeah, the Apple Podcasts app. Yeah. Other people have turned me on to some other ones, but I don't know. I already have all my subscriptions in here. It seems to be doing fine. I would like to be able to annotate episodes. Oh, yeah. Like sort of make notes about something that happened in an episode or whatever. Yeah, it's rad that I can save them now with the more recent versions of podcasts. Cause I was like always just marking them as unplayed if I wanted to save one and now I could just save them. Oh yeah. Uh, but I would like to be able to, now I have like, I don't know, 50 saved episodes of all the podcasts that I listen to. Maybe hopefully not that many having trouble with filling up my phone. (laughs) And, um, it's like, well, why do I want to go through and listen to these? I've already listened to them before. I don't remember exactly why I saved it or what specifically was important. Yeah. It would be, it'd be rad if I could just tap on it and be like, oh, here's that important thing that I, it's perfect timing. That's why I saved it. Yeah. Instead, That's, like, who has, oh, I'll listen through it 45 minutes. There's a whole episode. Maybe <laughs> this one point will resonate with me. Yeah, exactly. That's where um, you could look at something and they would have, I know, um, so for example, Pocket Cast is an app I use to listen to podcasts. Um, uh, why am I blanking? Marco Arment's podcast app is, uh, here, I'll find it again. Overcast is the other one. They have a, an ability within them to, like when you're listening to a show, you can share the current position in that episode. So like oh. someone's listening right now, they could bookmark the whatever it happens to be, 70th minute in the show. 
and share that, you know, to Twitter or whatever. But you could also send that to something else, like make a text document and share it that way or text yourself the link or whatever. So then you could actually bookmark it with a little annotation there saying, you know, at the 70 minute mark, this is when Chris and started talking about that interesting way of sharing <laughs> moments in a podcast. I could probably send it to my Evernote. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect use case. And that's, that'd be a great way. Actually, I, I haven't thought of doing that actually myself until you mentioned that, but, um, cause I just usually, I usually use it for sharing out to Twitter. Like, Oh, Chris said something really interesting right here and you should listen now. And it, so even on Twitter, it will just share from that point. Yeah, because it would share the whole episode. Yeah, they both do a way of um, sort of they build a website player for your app for your podcast for my podcast. Let's say in this case, they have a a web player, and so then they are they're pulling from your file still, so they're not like copying your file and you know stealing downloads or anything like that. But they just build a web player around your your file, and then they that link itself contains the code that says start it. A minute 70 or whatever it happens to be um and uh and then that that way it's anybody else that p- clicks that link gets bumped right to the 70th minute in that show um so overcast yeah either one overcast is free to download and then you pay like if you want to subscribe to more than three podcasts i think or i forget the limitations that he has on that mm-hmm. one and pocket cast is just i think five bucks in the app store directly and just three or four bucks whatever it is um and that's, yeah, either one will do that. There's probably others that do it too. That's just the ones I'm familiar with. So, but it's great, yeah, for sharing that kind of stuff. And, and because po- it's hard to share podcasts and not just share it. And I can say, you know, skip ahead to the 70th minute when Chris started talking about something in the same way. It's kind of like what YouTube does where you can right click on the timeline and share it at the current position. And then you get a link with a little time code built in. Um, oh, geez, so. who knew? Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> but uh, I'm so glad I can speed up my YouTube videos. Yeah, well, that's exactly, and that's I Overcast does that. I don't know if I haven't. Yeah, I don't know. I think they do it in Pocket Cast as well. I should. I don't listen to a lot of them double speed just because I I find it gets too like muddled or whatever. But that's just the way right. my brain works. Each person's different, so. Yeah, and retention is lost a lot for me when I speed it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Cool. Well, um, that's some great podcasts to listen to and, and suggestions for folks. And uh, where can folks find you and, and check things out if they want to learn more or hear more from you? Microbrewer.com. Drop the last E. So it's M-I-C-R-O-B-R-E-W-R.com. Everything's there. I have some other blogs and niche site and whatnot, but you can get in touch with me there. Nice. So thanks to Nathan for stopping by. You can uh, definitely check out all links and things we discussed on this show at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 68 is this episode. My thanks to Campaign Monitor and a Small Orange for supporting Good Stuff and Show Me Your Mic. If you'd like to support me directly with my podcasting efforts, as we mentioned before, you can check it out at patreon.com slash iChris. I'm iChris on Twitter. Show Me Your Mic has a Twitter account, smym underscore fm. And good stuff. If you need it, like a th- you probably need three new Twitter accounts to subscribe to today. So, third one being good stuff underscore FM. If you have questions, comments, suggestions for the show, I'd love to hear them. Chris at goodstuff.fm is my email. And uh, just like Nathan did, you can find the uh, booking yourself into the show to be, if you want to be a guest, a future guest on Show Me Your Mic, uh, the link will be at the show page on goodstuff.fm slash SMYM. And, uh, pick a slot and we'll schedule you in. I think there's uh, 
looks like openings right now. Um, I want to say might actually be next week if somebody wants to pop in for the 27th of January, but uh, then a couple of February appearances are booked. But um, yeah, check that page. It'll tell you exactly where. Goodstuff.appointlet.com is the link if you want to just go there right now or uh, check the show page for the, the link again. So my thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day. Till next time. Bye.